0: Praise Lord, for Thy great plan, that we Thy dwelling place may be.
1: Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This life study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program.
2: We can be protected so that for the sake of God's interests, God's purpose, yes, for the sake of the divine romance, we may be preserved vessels that the Lord can train, fill, and use to fulfill his heart's desire of a bride, a wife, for eternity.
1: Welcome to the Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. This program is taken from over 70 years of ministry by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. We continue today in the early portions of the Book of Romans in our Life Study, and Ron Kingas has been kind enough to join us once again for more fellowship.
2: That's because you've been kind enough to ask me back.
1: Thank you. Well, you can expect further and future invitations, Ron. Amen. We have a message today that includes a strong section on God's condemnation. And we know that as believers in Christ, we have been saved from God's condemnation. So why today do we go back to see the source of wickedness and the way of restriction?
2: There are a number of reasons, and I don't claim to know them all, and I don't have time to comment on them all. This is mainly related to knowing the truth and knowing the Bible. Very basically and simply, this is part of the book of Romans. We have no right to pick and choose what we like in the scriptures. We should read consecutively and understand in the divine light whatever is written there. This is part of Romans and we need to respect it as such. But there are deeper reasons for a solid study of this portion. One reason is we get an increased knowledge of ourselves in our fallen condition. It is rather rare to find a believer who really knows in the divine light how fallen we were, how destitute we were, how poisoned we were by Satan. This section equips us with a higher degree of self-knowledge. This, in turn, should cause us to appreciate more the tremendous price God in Christ paid to redeem us. Another benefit is that it helps us to understand the nature of today's society and to have no illusions of bringing in a utopia or of people improving in their basic nature. I believe this also helps those who are working with young people to realize that until they are saved, and even, in fact, after they're saved, there is the need for preservation and restriction. As a parent of three, I confess that my children were born with a sinful nature, but they were not permitted to act out at random what is in them, they were preserved and restricted and kept by certain proper realizations so that their humanity might be preserved for God's economy. We also need to know God in this portion, that he is a righteous God, he condemns sin, he condemns wickedness, and he expects us to agree with him in his righteous condemnation. So these are but a few reasons for and benefits of studying this rather, to us, unpalable portion of Romans. It's part of the Word of God, it's breathed out by God, and it's important for us to understand it according to
1: God. Thank you, Ron. Let's join Witness Lee as we delve into this, as you said, seemingly unpalatable portion, but I believe our eyes will be opened and blessed.
0: In this message, we will see what is the source of all mankind's wickedness. Also, we can see the way to restrict these wickedness. What Is the source of wickedness. Number one, holding down the truth. What is the truth? Truth means reality. Something that is solid. Something that is real. In the whole universe, there is God. It is a reality that there is God. To say, there is God, is something so solid, something so real, something so genuine. But mankind, at the very beginning, held on this. They had this truth. They had this reality. But they didn't respect it. They didn't care for it. They didn't hold it in the proper way. Rather, they held down the tools in unrighteousness. They held down the tools in the wrong way. This is the number one aspect of the source of all evils. Number two, the mankind did know that there was God. But, they tested it. And eventually, they made the decision not to approve of holding God in their full knowledge. Rather, they disapproved of holding God in their full knowledge. The Number three, they knew God in ancient time. Yet, they would not glorify God, nor thank Him. Neither they would worship and serve Him. The number four, something more serious, they exchanged God. To exchange God means to give up God for something else. To exchange God for idols. God is glory Idols are vanity. Was that not a stupid thing? That mankind exchanged God for the idols? If you take these four points into consideration, you will see all kinds of evils, all kinds of sinfulness, comes from the source. Then, what is the result of extenuating God? This forces God to give you up. You let God go. Then God will be forced to let you go. This is terrible. When you are given up by God, you will never go up. You'll be going down, down, down into emptiness. When you are given up by God, you'll be given up by God to passions of dishonor. They dishonor their bodies one with another. Then God let you have a mind that could never be approved by him. A disapproved mind, what will follow? Fornication. Fornication means to break God's ruling and controlling principles. God's economy is when husband, when wife. Yet today, the people who give up God would do a lot of things to break this principle. Eventually, just confusion in order. Then, all kinds of wickedness come forth. And also all kinds of wicked persons. As long as one person gives up God, he is given up by God to lust, and to confusion, and to all kinds of evil.
1: Ron, this is quite a heavy and sober word. We're seeing from the Word of God the source of mankind's wickedness. And this word is an accurate description of today's situation. You mentioned in the introduction you're being a parent, and I know that as a parent, It seems that this current age is worse than what we faced when we were young. Is the age actually growing darker, or is just our realization of the darkness increasing?
2: I would like to suggest that we change the or to an and. The age is actually growing darker, but also our realization of the darkness is increasing. Now, I will grant to our younger listeners that it's very common for older people, and I fall into that category as a 50-something, it's very common for us to lament the state of the present generation. Quite frankly, we are not speaking from that natural and traditional perspective. The scriptures themselves prophesy, that as we are approaching the end of the age, lawlessness and wickedness will increase. The Lord said as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Evildoers will get worse and worse. So we have a basis to say, the age is getting darker. And we have a basis to say, that our realization of the darkness is increasing. The more we are enlightened by the Word, the more we will realize how corrupt, how reprobate is this generation. Here I would say something particular. Many faithful preachers of the Word and of the Gospel tell people that they need to be saved eternally from the righteous judgment of God. This, of course, is primary. But how many speak, as Peter did in Acts chapter 2, about being saved from this generation? Paul, in Ephesians 2, spoke of the saints as lights shining in the midst of a crooked and perverted generation. It is a sad fact that many believers have enough of the gospel to save them eternally, but not enough to save them from this generation. Actually, they rather love being part of this generation. But we need to be warned from the Scriptures, even warned from the case of Noah, that there will be a judgment on this generation, that if we love it, even though we are saved eternally, we may participate in God's judgment on it and its darkness. So this study may help us realize that, yes, we are saved eternally, but we are living in a generation which is worsening in its corruption and darkness. And we ourselves need to be saved, and we need to help others, especially the young to be saved, not only from the lake of fire, but from this crooked and perverted generation. As a servant of the Lord, I would plead for this. I would cry out for this. We need to be saved from the world, from the course of the world, from the darkness of the world, so that our lives in this age will make a genuine and significant contribution to the fulfillment of God's eternal purpose.
1: Surely, Ron, if we want our lives to count as those serving Him, we need to take this word into our heart. Let's rejoin Witness Lee.
0: Let us come to the way of restriction. The way of restriction is number one to know God by his creation. From the creation of this world the invisible things of God God's eternal power and divine nature can be apprehended by the things made by God. Look at the heavens Look at that. I read an article that says, once Einstein was asked, does he believe God or not? He said, you ask me of this, you are insulting me. How could a scientist like me not believe that there is God? If you have really got into the real signs, the signs will tell you that there is God. I don't know any signs, but I know a little bit about our little body. You have to look at yourself, how wonderful you are. Look at the eyebrows. Do you realize these two brows are just two breakwaters? When you are sweating, uh-huh, something slows down with salt. If you don't have the brick water, all the salty water will get into your eyes. But you do have two bricks here to keep the tide away. Who made this? Who designed this way? You have to say, Lord, thank you. You are my creator. You made me so. Could you say there's no God? How could you say there's no God? No. So, by the things made by God, we could apprehend the... Internal power And the divine nature of God You look at the birds How pretty they are You look at the flowers How colorful they are Who made them Our God Who is full of beauty He made all the beautiful things We have to send him And we have to worship him And we have to serve him To know God by his creation is the number one aspect of the restricting way. We have to hold the reality of what God is in righteousness, approving, of holding God in full knowledge, glorifying, thanking, worshiping, and serving God. This is the biggest blessing in the human life on this earth, to worship our God. Hallelujah!
1: Well, Ron, in this portion, we are seeing now the way to be restricted. And effectively, it's by recognizing God in so many outward manifestations of His reality. How does seeing God in His creation, in His eternal power, and in His characteristics serve to restrict us?
2: As almost everybody knows, the Bible says more than once, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. According to the description in Romans, the fall begins when people suppress the truth of God and then violate their conscience. The reverse is true. If we acknowledge certain basic truths of God and care for our conscience, we can be preserved. Consider the simple truth of God as Creator. We are not self-made. We are not independent beings that have control over our own destiny. We are created. Also, God is a righteous judge. We need to have a sober realization that all will give an account to him. We also need to see that God is beautiful, that he's loving, and he wishes to draw us to worship him and be one with him. These are just a few of the attributes of God that may be known by the general revelation through God's creation. If we acknowledge that there is a God, that we need God, that he's a holy God, that he's a righteous, judging God who hates evil, yet at the same time he's a lovely and loving God, surely this will preserve us and restrict us. If along with this we realize God created us with a faculty, and it's in our human spirit, called the Conscience. And in the state of the fall, it's very important that we pay attention to our conscience. If we care for God without and for our conscience within, we will be preserved. Oh, as we are raising our children and caring for them, we need to go against the tide of this age and to teach them about God and to teach them about their conscience. If they know about the conscience... They will stop blaming parents, the society, the government, the economy, and they will realize, I have a moral responsibility to an almighty, righteous, and holy God. The Bible tells me so, and my conscience tells me so. I cannot go along with the tide of this age. I must care for my Creator, remembering Him in the days of my youth, and I must care for my conscience that I may be preserved and kept for him, that my life will count for the carrying out of his economy.
1: Ron, thank you. Let's rejoin Witness Lee for the conclusion of our life study.
0: Then to do things by nature, our original nature was created by our good God. What our Father created could never be bad. We all have to know our human nature created by God is really good. Of course we know by the fall it has been poisoned. But still you have to know as a human being you do have a nature created by God which is very good. Do the things according to your nature. Our nature corresponds with God's law because our nature was made by God according to His law. And His law was given according to what He is. The lawgiver always gives law according to what He is. And God created man according to what He is. So both the law given by God and the man created by God, these two all correspond one to another. So you don't need a law because you have the function of the law written in your nature. You just do things according to your nature. Hallelujah. We have a nature, so God, We also have a conscience. The conscience is a wonderful thing. The medical doctor surely cannot find where the conscience is. But no one can deny we don't have such a thing. Oh, the conscience always protests. When you are arguing, something within you tells you, don't do this, don't do this. When you are offended, that the conscience would bother you for three nights. Every husband who is going to divorce his wife would be bothered by the conscience. We do have the conscience. A normal Christian surely should take care of his conscience or her conscience in the proper way. We also have the reasonings. In the mind, you have the good reasonings. Sometimes the reasonings would accuse, condemn. Sometimes the reasonings would excuse would justify, condemn or justify, accuse or excuse. Don't you have this kind of reasoning within you? You do. So what? Just take care of the three things, the nature, the conscience, and the reasoning within you. Then you'll be restricted from any kind of evil. Do things all the time by your nature. Listen to the voice of your conscience and care for the good reasonings within you. Then you will be protected. It's wonderful.
1: Ron, this word today is all about being preserved, restricted, and protected. And we've been given three items in God's creation to heed for our protection, our nature, our conscience, and our proper reasonings. But salvation, we know, comes from believing into him inwardly. Why then do we need these outward factors to preserve us? Concerning
2: this, I would like to make just one point. What is protected and preserved is our humanity. Satan knows that he cannot directly assault God. Satan's fury and his evil plan are directed at human beings who have been created in God's image for God's purpose. Satan's intention is to do as much damage as possible to the human vessels created by God for God. We are born with a sinful nature. There is nothing we can do about this. Yet the God-created part remains. And it's crucial that the God-created part, our basic humanity, be protected and preserved as much as possible, so that when one is saved, God has a preserved and protected humanity to work with. It's one thing to be born in sin. It's another thing to give oneself over to sin and to become deranged and defiled and may be even destroyed by the ravages of sin. So by our nature that's created by God, by our conscience, and by the proper reasonings or thinking, we can be protected in our humanity so that for the sake of God's interests, God's purpose, yes, for the sake of the divine romance, we may be preserved vessels that the Lord can train fill, and use to fulfill his heart's desire to have a bride, a wife, for eternity.
1: Thank you, Ron. That was a tremendous word today. Yes, we are saved by grace and by grace alone, but the condition of the vessel that we have to present to the Lord at that salvation is very much affected by how we heed this word today. We have another wonderful life study from the book of Romans awaiting us, and we very much look to the Lord with anticipation that we could join you here again for that. Thank you for listening. at lsm.org. Thanks for listening.